0: Welcome to today's Ag Roundtable. always enjoy having these. Thanks again to our special guest. we got Lynn Paulson joining us, Senior VP of Agribusiness Development at Bell Bank, and also Dr. David Cole, Professor Emeritus, I think I had it right this time, over at Virginia Tech. Gentlemen, it's great to have you. Um, Lynn, I want to start with you because this is is something that I think you and I have even talked about this in the past. I've asked Governor Bergen about it, but I am ecstatic about this, and that is this. ADM is coming in. Uh, And bringing in a big soybean crushing plant at Spiritwood, $350 million investment, 70 permanent jobs, 150,000 bushels of soybeans it can process per day. Uh, Just your take on this and what does it mean for the North Dakota soybean farmer?
1: Well, it's absolutely huge, Chris. I mean, as we talked about before, you know, one of the the big disadvantages North Dakota has at its basis levels. We we tend to put wheels under everything and we ship it out of state. We don't add value to that crop. Um, so when we have this, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's, gonna, it's equivalent of, of 15, or excuse me, 150 semi-loads of soybeans going into that plant every day that's not going down the road or not that's getting on, on rails and things like that. So, I mean, I hope this is the first of, of more of these, these types of, of ventures coming because that's exactly uh, what, what, what agriculture in this area needs.
0: Dr. Cole, I want to get your take. And before we went live here, you talked about supply chain concentration. So if you want to explain that a little bit more to audience and why you are a proponent of that, but also because you always see things from such a macro perspective, what does something like this plant do to help free us up from from China?
2: Well, I think one of our strategic uh, weaknesses in the United States is we have too much concentration in supply chains. And of course, we're seeing disruptions, of course, here on the East Coast uh, with the pipeline and some of the elements. And of course, you had the Suez Canal. Uh, this move basically gives uh, uh, agriculture in rural areas uh, in North Dakota and the upper Midwest more options. And uh, uh, one of the things is, we don't have all of our eggs in one basket. That's one of the things we've learned from the pandemic, uh, but also uh, uh, learned in you know good business sense. So. I'm ecstatic that uh, uh, this is uh, moving forward, and I think it gives uh, a lot more options.
0: Lynn, one more question to you, because you talked about, hey, it's going to obviously cut down on the cost, the basis, the travel costs. Um, Cass County, I think at one point, maybe it still is the biggest producer of soybeans in the nation. One potential concern, or maybe it's a good thing in your eyes, can you see a lot more farmers now go, hey, I got the soybean crushing plant. I'm just going to plant beans. Uh, on and on and on, especially with, <laughs> with where the prices our beans are at today?
1: You know, I, I think that's a, that's a fair question, um, and and you're right. I think at one time, and this probably still is, Cass County was the number one soybean-producing county in, in, in the nation. But even just agronomically, crop rotation-wise, there's limits as to how many soybeans can be grown on, on any particular farm for disease purposes and everything else. So I think we'll continue to have a, a well-diversified uh, crop mix, and, uh, you know, certainly— Especially as you get closer to Jamestown and some of these outlying areas, you know, you may see some additional soybean acres. But uh, for the most part, I think the market will keep that in balance.
0: Let's talk about the market for a moment, Dr. Cole. I'll bring this up. These are some prices uh, from May of 2020 to May of 21. You see corn here, 320, 570, beans, 820, 1385. I mean, if guys are selling at the right times, despite putting some smiles on some farmers' faces, but just it's your take on these prices and if you also want to add in now what's going on with this colonial pipeline increased fuel costs under this administration which means an increase in uh, input costs what say you one word
2: steroids basically what's happened is the central banks of the world united states and the world and of course our fiscal policy with all the stimulus uh, is put our economies on steroids think about this you, we have an 80 trillion dollar economy 14 percent was a check from government. And of course, what's happening is you're seeing inflation first start out in commodities, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if it filters in to the consumer, which it is here on the East Coast uh, uh, with our gasoline prices going up and all of our other uh, prices going up. And I'm very, very concerned uh, because this is kind of an artificial element and we're keeping the stimulus uh, and the, modification uh, uh, with our central bank on a little bit too long, uh, and it's got some dangers around the corner.
0: Uh, I'm not asking you to be a, a commodity um, trader, but if, if you're a farmer, I mean, how should they be looking at into in the future as far as when to sell and things of that nature?
2: I think one of the things that I've just written a couple of papers on managing in an inflationary environment, and you know what that requires? Much more uh, management intensity, uh, because your margins can get out of whack very, very quickly. And so I think uh, something that's going to be real critical is is to manage those margins and being able to follow the process and lock in on the markets. Well, last year when they did that, they left money on the table. But we're coming into this uh, environment with these inflating costs like fertilizer uh, all across the board. Uh, we've got to be real sharp with the pencil out there. And Len, you see it uh, from an agri-lender standpoint, management intensity is really going to have to pick up.
1: Yeah, honestly, I I, I take a look at these markets, Chris, and I go, you know here, here's a case where discipline needs to overtake greed a little bit. Um, You know, we we pumped $5 trillion into this economy with with all the stimulus, and, and, you know, we've gone, we've almost become a little bit of a gambling society you know whether it be in, in the commodity markets or, or or cryptocurrencies or you know all of these types of things that are that are going on and so i think you know th- there's some true supply demand factors going on in, in the grain commodity markets you know no question about it but you know this is this is prosperity and i always go back to what did you do with the money in the years that you made it and uh, you know the best cure for high prices is high prices. You know, seven dollar corn and sixteen dollar beans. You know, they may be around for a little bit, but but don't bet the farm on them. You know, we've got producers in in Iowa right now that are already paying north of four hundred dollars an acre cash rent again. You know, and and so, you know, you, you get some of these bad habits, and it takes you know five to six years to rein them
2: back in when 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 the commodity prices go down. And lit or Chris, I want to uh, piggyback on Len's comment. We've got to watch uh, South America and Eastern Europe because there's no saying, high prices cure high prices, and they can turn the spigot on And you think about it, South America has potential. And this is not tearing up the Amazon. This is putting grassland into production, the equivalent to half the size of Texas they can put in immediately. And of course, there's no technology flow anymore. In other words, we used to get the technology up here and it'd be a couple of two or three years before they could implement it uh, in South America. Uh, if these prices stay high, boy, they're going to be uh, gearing up uh, production there. And it, it'll cure uh, those high prices very quickly.
0: All right, gentlemen, I want to talk about this as well. Uh, earlier this morning, Governor Doug Burgum, uh, Governor of North Dakota, Dr. Cole spoke at what's called the Williston Basin Petroleum Council, and he laid down a challenge for the state of North Dakota, saying, "Hey, uh, by 2030, I want North Dakota to be a carbon neutral state." With all the ag and oil that we do here, I guess, Lynn, I'll start with you. Just your your thoughts on that challenge? Your takeaway?
1: Well, you know, I, it, it seems to be the, the the buzzword in 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 corporate America, and in politics right now is, is environmental and go carbon neutral. You see it in Biden's proposed 30 by 30 plan. And, you know, the devil is always in the details. And that 30 by 30 plan just simply says that by 2030, 30, 30 percent of, of America needs to be in some sort of conservation in the water. That's twice the size of Texas. You know, I don't think there's any doubt that the, the masses, there is support for this, you know, the, the environmental movement. So I don't think you can ignore it. Um, but I think you need to keep it in, in the proper perspective